Chapter 10, verses 9 through 15 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 9 and 10. Provide neither gold nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither two shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Chrysostom. The Lord, having forbidden to make merchandise of spiritual things, proceeds to pull up the root of all evil, saying, Possess neither gold nor silver. Jerome. For if they preach without receiving reward for it, the possession of gold and silver and wealth was unnecessary. For had they had such, they would have been thought to be preaching, not for the sake of men's salvation, but their own gain. Chrysostom. The precept then first frees the apostles from all suspicions, secondly from all care, so that they may give up their whole time to preaching the word, thirdly teaches them their excellence. This is what he said to them afterwards. Was anything lacking to you when I sent you without bag or script? Jerome. As he had cut off riches, which are meant by gold and silver, he now almost cuts off necessaries of life, that the apostles, teachers of the true religion, who taught men that all things are directed by God's providence, might show themselves to be without thought for the morrow. Gloss. Whence he adds, neither money in your purses. For there are two kinds of things necessary. One is the means of buying necessaries, which is signified by the money in their purses. The other are the necessaries themselves, which are signified by the script. Jerome. In forbidding the script, neither script for your journey, he aimed at those philosophers commonly called Bactroperate, who, being despisers of this world and esteeming all things as nothing, yet carry a bag without them, nor two coats. By the two coats he seems to mean a change of raiment, not to bid us to be content with a single tunic in the snow and frost of Scythia, but they should not carry about a change with them, wearing one and carrying about the other as provision for the future, nor shoes. It is a precept of Plato that the two extremities of the body should be left unprotected, and that we should not accustom ourselves to tender care of head and feet. For if these parts be hardy, it will follow that the rest of the body will be vigorous and healthy nor staff. For, having the protection of the Lord, why need we the aid of the staff? Rigmig. The Lord shows by these words that the holy preachers were reinstated in the dignity of the first man, who, as long as he possessed the heavenly treasures, did not desire other. But having lost those by sinning, he straightway began to desire the other. Chrysostom. A happy exchange, in place of gold and silver, and the like, they received power to heal the sick, to raise the dead, for he had not commanded them from the beginning, possessed neither gold nor silver, but only then, when he said at the same time, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, whence it is clear that he made them angels more than men, freeing them from all anxiety of this life that they might have but one care, that of teaching, and even of that 
he in a manner takes away the burden, saying, Be not careful what ye shall speak. Thus what seemed hard and burdensome, he shows them to be light and easy. For nothing is so pleasant as to be delivered from all care and anxiety, more especially when it is possible, being delivered from this, to lack nothing. God being present and being to us instead of all things. Jerome, as he had sent the apostles forth unprovided and unencumbered on their mission, and the condition of the teachers seems a hard one, he tempered the severity of the rules by this maxim. The laborer is worthy of his hire, i.e., receive what you need for your food and clothing. Whence the apostle says, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And again, let him that is catechized communicate unto him that catechizeth in all good things, that they whose disciples reap spiritual things should make them partakers of their carnal things, not for the gratification of covetousness, but for the supply of wants. Chrysostom. It behooved the apostles to be supported by their disciples, that neither they should be haughty towards those whom they taught, as though they gave all and received nothing, and that the others on their part should not fall away, as overlooked by them. Also, that the apostles might not cry. He bids us lead of the life of beggars, and should be ashamed thereat. He shows that this is their due, calling them laborers, and that which is given their hire. For they were not to suppose that because what they gave was only words, therefore they were to esteem it but a small benefit that they conferred. Therefore, he says, the laborer is worthy of his meat. This he said not to signify that the labors of the apostles were only worth so much, but laying down a rule for the apostles and persuading those that give that what they give was only what was due. Augustine, the gospel, therefore, is not for sale, that it should be preached for reward. For if they so sell it, they sell a great thing for a small price. Let preachers then receive their necessary support from the people, and from God the reward of their employment. For the people do not give pay to those that minister to them in the love of the gospel, but, as it were, a stipend that they may support them to enable them to work. Augustine. Otherwise, when the Lord said to the apostles, Possess not gold, he added immediately, The laborer is worthy of his hire, to show why he would not have them possess and carry about these things. Not that these things were not needed for the support of this life, but that he sent them in such a way as to show that these things were due to them from those to whom they preached the gospel as pay to soldiers. It is clear that this precept of the Lord does not at all imply that they ought not according to the gospel to live by any other means than by the contributions of those to whom they preached. Otherwise Paul transgressed this precept when he lived by the labor of his own hands, but he gave the apostles authority that these things were due to them from the house in which they abode. But when the Lord had issued a command, if it be not performed, it is the sin of disobedience. When he bestows a privilege, it is in anyone's power not to use it. 
but as it were to refrain from claiming his right. The Lord then having sanctioned this maxim, that they who preach the gospel should live of the gospel, he spoke these things to the apostles, that being confident that they should not possess, nor carry about with them the necessaries of life, neither things great nor things small. Therefore he adds, nor a staff to show that from his people all things are due to his ministers, and they require no superfluities. This authority he signifies by the staff, saying in Mark, Take nothing but a staff only. And when he forbids them in Matthew to take with them shoes, he forbids the carefulness and thought which would be anxious to carry them, lest they should be wanting. Thus also we must understand concerning the two coats, that none should think it necessary to carry another besides that which he wore, supposing that he should have need of it. For it would be in his power to obtain one by this authority which the Lord gave. Further, that we read in Mark that they should be shod with sandals seems to imply that this kind of shoe has a mystic meaning in it, that the foot should neither be covered above nor yet bare beneath, that is, that the gospel should not be hid, nor yet rest itself on earthly advantage. Also, when he forbids them to carry two coats, he warned them not to walk deceitfully, but in simplicity. So we cannot doubt that all these things were said by the Lord, partly in a direct, partly in a figurative sense, and that of the two evangelists, one inserted some things, the other other things, in this narrative. If anyone should think that the Lord could not, in one speech, speak some things in a direct and some things in a mystic sense, let him look at any other of his sayings, and he will see how hasty and unlearned his opinion is. When the Lord commands that the left hand should not know what the right hand doeth, does he think that almsgiving and the rest of his precepts in that place are to be taken figuratively? Jerome. Thus far we have expounded by the letter, but metaphorically, as we often find gold put for the sense, silver for the words, brass for the voice, all these we may say we are not to receive from others, but to have them given by the Lord. We are not to take up the teaching of heretics, but philosophers, and of corrupt doctrine. Hilary. The girdle is the making ready for the ministry, the girding up that we may be active in duty. We may suppose that the forbidding money in the girdle is to warn us from suffering anything in the ministry to be bought and sold. We are not to have a script by the way. That is, we are to leave all care of our worldly substance. For all treasure on earth is hurtful to the heart, which will be there where the treasure is. Not two coats, for it is enough to have ones put on Christ nor after true knowledge of him ought we to be clothed with any other garment of heresy or law. Not shoes, because, standing on holy ground, as was said to Moses, not covered with the thorns and prickles of sins, we are admonished to have no other preparation of our walk than that we have received from Christ. Jerome, or the Lord herein teaches us that our feet are not to be bound with the chains of death, but we bear as we tread on holy ground. We are not to carry a staff, which may be turned into a serpent, nor trust in any arm of flesh. For all such 
is a reed on which if a man lean ever so lightly it will break and go into his hand and pierce him hilary neither a staff that is we are not to seek rights of extraneous power having a rod from the root of jesse verses eleven through fifteen and into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter inquire who in it is worthy and there abide till ye go thence and when ye come into a house salute it and if the house be worthy let your peace come upon it but if it not be worthy let your peace return to you and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when ye depart out of that city or house shake off the dust of your feet verily i say unto you it shall be more tolerable for the land of sodom and gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city chrysostom the lord had said above the workman is worthy of his meat that they should not hence suppose that he would open all doors to them here he commands them to use such circumspection in the choice of a host saying into what city or town ye enter inquire who in it is worthy jerome the apostles on entering a strange town could not know of each inhabitant what sort of man he was they were to choose their host therefore by the report of the people and the opinion of the neighbors that the worthiness of the preacher might not be disgraced by the ill character of his entertainer chrysostom how then did christ himself abide with the publican because he was made worthy by his conversion for this command that he should be worthy had respect not to the rank but to their furnishing food for if he be worthy he will provide them with food especially when they need no more than bare necessities observe how though he stripped them of all property he supplied all their wants suffering them to abide in the houses of those whom they taught for so they were both themselves set free from care and convinced men that it was for their salvation only that they had come seeing they carried nothing about with them and desired nothing beyond necessaries and they did not lodge at all places indiscriminately for he would not have them known only by their miracles but much more by their virtues but nothing is a greater mark of virtue than to discard superfluities jerome one host is chosen who does not so much confer a favor upon him who is to abide with him as receive one for it is said who in it is worthy that he may know that he rather receives than does a favor chrysostom also observe that he has not endowed them with all gifts for he has not given them power to discern who is worthy but bids them seek out and not only to find out who is worthy but also not to pass from house to house saying and there remain until ye depart out of that city so they would not make their entertainer sorrowful nor themselves incur suspicion of lightness or gluttony ambrose the apostles are not to choose carelessly the house to which they enter that they may have no cause for changing their lodging the same caution is not enforced upon the entertainer lest choosing his guests his hospitality should be diminished when ye enter a house salute it saying peace be to this house clause as much as to say pray ye for peace upon the master of the house that all resistance to the truth may be pacified jerome 
Here is a latent allusion to the form of salvation in Hebrew and Syriac. They say Salemalak, or Salemalak, for the Greek Hare, or Latin Ave, that is, peace be with you. The command then is that on entertaining any house, they should pray for peace for their host, and as far as they are able, to still all discords, so that if any quarrel should arise, they who had prayed for peace should have it. Others should have the discord. As it follows, And if that house be worthy, your peace shall rest upon it. But if it be not worthy, your peace shall return to you again. Rigmig. Thus either the hearer, being predestined to eternal life, will follow the heavenly word when he hears it. Or if there be none who will hear it, the preacher himself shall not be without fruit. For his peace returns to him, when he receives of the Lord recompense for all his labor. Chrysostom. The Lord instructs them that though they were teachers, they should not look to be first saluted by others, but that they should honor others by first saluting them. And then he shows them that they should give not a salutation only, but a benediction, when he says, If that house be worthy, your peace shall remain upon it. Rigmig. The Lord therefore taught his disciples to offer peace on their entering into a house, that by means of their salutation, their choice might be directed to a worthy house and host. As though he had said, Offer peace to all, they will show themselves either worthy by accepting or unworthy by not accepting it. For though you have chosen a host that is worthy by the character he bears among his neighbors, yet ought you to salute him, that the preacher may seem rather to enter by invitation than to intrude himself. This salutation of peace, in a few words, may indeed be referred to the trial of the worthiness of the house or master. Hilary, the apostles saluted the house with the prayer of peace, yet so as that peace seems rather spoken than given. For their own peace, which was the bowels of their pity, ought not to rest upon the house if it were not worthy. Then the sacrament of heavenly peace should be kept within the apostles' own bosom. Upon such as rejected the precepts of the heavenly kingdom, an eternal curse is left by the departure of the apostles, and the dust shaken from their feet. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye go out of that house, or that town, cast the dust off your feet. For he that lives in any place seems to have a kind of fellowship with that place. By the casting the dust off the feet, therefore, all that belonged to the house is left behind, and nothing of healing or soundness is borrowed from the footsteps of the apostles, having trod on their soil. Jerome. Also they shake off the dust as a testimony of the apostles' toil, that in preaching the gospel they had come even so far, or as a token that from those that reject the gospel they would accept nothing, not even the necessaries of life. Robin. Otherwise, the feet of the disciples signify the labor and progress of preaching. The dust which covers them is the lightness of earthly thoughts, from which even the greatest doctors cannot be free. Their anxiety for their hearers involves them in cares of their prosperity, and in passing through the ways of this world. They gather the dust of the earth they tread upon. They then who have despised the teaching of these doctors turn upon themselves all the toils and dangers and anxieties of the apostles as a witness to their damnation. 
and lest it should seem a slight thing not to receive the apostles he adds verily i say unto you it shall be more tolerable for sodom and gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city jerome because to the men of sodom and gomorrah no man had ever preached but this city had been preached to and had rejected the gospel rigmig or because the men of sodom and gomorrah were hospitable among their sensuality but they had never entertained such strangers as the apostles jerome but if it shall be more tolerable for the land of sodom than for that city hence we may learn that there is a difference of degree in the punishment of sinners rigmig sodom and gomorrah are especially mentioned to show that those sins which are against nature are particularly hateful to god for which the world was drowned with the waters of the deluge four towns were overthrown and the world is daily afflicted with manifold evils hilary figuratively the lord teaches us not to enter the houses or to mix in the acquaintance of those who persecute christ or who are ignorant of him and in each town to inquire who among them is worthy i e where there is a church wherein christ dwells and not to pass to another because this house is worthy this host is our right host but there would be many of the jews who would be so well disposed to the law that though they believed in christ because they admired his works yet they would abide in the works of the law the others again who desiring to make trial of that liberty which is in christ would feign themselves ready to forsake the law for the gospel many also would be drawn aside into heresy by perverse understanding and since all these would falsely maintain that with them only was the catholic verity therefore we must with great caution seek out the house i e the church end of chapter 10 verses 9 through 15